If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more streaming platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Well, no, it's going to take a lot more for me to consider that the start challenges, but they're giving it a good effort. Bless them. Yeah. I think this is the first time post-focus and where they've been this close to the top of the table. You should be sure It's time to hang up the stockings, sit down and flick on the TV and watch some football. It's the Off the Crossbar podcast and it is now time for the festive period as we look forward to this weekend's games and some of next week's. With myself, Regan Walsh and my co-presenter Bradley Morris, as usual, it's time to get talking football. So, how are you today, Brad? It'll be lonely this Christmas. Yeah. Wasn't expecting that song to come out of yours. Then I was expecting you to do uh, Noddy Holders. It's Christmas. No, Christmas is cancelled. Fuck this year. Fuck everything. And yeah, uh, you can still enjoy it because, as I've said, we've got plenty of football starting from the twenty-sixth onwards. We have football daily. No, not, not everyone can enjoy it. If you're a football fan and listening to a football podcast, you you can enjoy it. Come out to the Arsenal fans. Mm, true. <laughs> I mean, after, again, their result last night in the Carabao Cup, they, it definitely reaffirms they won't be having a good Christmas and will be in full tears. I'm going to use the same joke. <laughs> yes, I can, because it, it gets weirder every time I say it. Is that as repetitive as the government slogan? Yeah, but I'm not as bad as the government. So, as we said, the festive period or full festive fixtures kicks off on Saturday lunchtime uh, with Leicester City versus Manchester United at the King Power Stadium. Uh, Top of the table clash, second versus third. Manchester United are in third with a game in hand over Brendan Rodgers' side. Um, we've talked about it the other day on our uh, review show. Manchester United are actually looking like title challengers now. And if they win this game, uh, they'll obviously move up to second and be two points behind Liverpool for the time being until they play on Sunday. Well, no, it's going to take a lot more for me to consider that the start of challenges, but they're giving it a good effort, bless them. Yeah. I think this is the first time post-focus and where they've been this close to the top of the you, table. You should be sure, me. Uh, mathematically, like points-wise, since he's retired. I guess how close to Joe's I get. Um, but that season, he finished second. They were... 20 points behind Man City. That, was, that wasn't the Sagerians season, was it? Uh, ooh, it might have been. Yeah, sounds like about that time. Yeah, I can't remember whether that was the season before or that season. But yeah, this is the closest Manchester United have been to sitting atop of the Premier League and actually challenging for a league title post-Ferguson. Um, Leicester City are looking, again, good... Um, They've had little blips here and there, but you got to say, overall, they're ha- having a good season. Uh, I think it's going to be a t- tightly full match. I don't know. If anything, it's the game that will decide whether United are genuine or not. Yeah, because, I mean, Leicester's home form this season hasn't been the best. Out of the 20 teams in the league, they have the 10th best uh, home record, whilst Man United have the best away record, uh, joint with Leicester. So... It's one of them where, based on, on the road uh, stats this season, you'd got to go in favour of Manchester United. Um, 
other big games we have over on this uh, weekend is Arsenal versus Chelsea at half past five. Um, obviously not this season. It's not really a big game considering how poor Arsenal have been. But just for the two statues of the club and the fact it's a London derby. Uh, Classic comes up back out. <laughs> yeah, massively because it's central London versus north London. So, um, Chelsea, I think you got to say our favourites going into this. Um, I, I mean, think if, if they don't win this, you can roll out their title challenge. Yeah, because that'd be embarrassing for them. Yeah, it will be a massive uh, embarrassment to Frank Lampard's side should they not win this. Um, for me, I'm not giving Arsenal any chance here. I mean, this is the big talking point I've asked because these next two games that will happen over this period couldn't be more important. So. Yeah, I mean, they've got Chelsea and Brighton are their two fixtures. Brighton are one place above... No, no, sorry, they're not one place above them, are they? Two places below them. Yeah, that's how puts respect. <laughs> Just about. So Brighton are two places below them, whilst Chelsea are up in uh, fifth place. <sighs> Lose, I think he, even if they draw against Brighton, they're on and they lose to Chelsea. They're a hundred percent in this uh, relegation battle. Yeah, and and again, that's not even counting for the other results. Yeah, because you look at Burnley. Uh, yeah, big win for them the other night. And what are their two games as against Sheffield United? And the other one is Leeds United on Sunday. Both winnable. Yeah. And then there's also Fulham, who've got uh, Southampton on the weekend and then uh, next week they uh, face uh, Tottenham which is um, okay. obviously it's admittedly bit, the harder game but difficult game for them but you would say, or say that they could try and edge something because of how it sounds they've been defensively against teams recently yeah, yeah. so um, I mean especially after seeing Arsenal's performance yesterday against Man City in the Carabao Cup which they lost for one, um, there's no promising signs for Arsenal, is there? Almost not, but they've made a lot of changes for that game, as did Man City. But Man City's lineup was still relatively would consider the Baron mid table of this current Premier League. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't. I mean, yes, the obvious change was in goal for Arsenal with uh, Renison coming in for uh, Leno and then... Arsenal fans backed him very well, didn't they? Mm, and then uh, <laughs> Cedric Suarez starting on the right-hand side uh, without uh, any Bukaya Saka. So, I mean, there was a few changes to the Arsenal side, but none drastically. I mean, obviously their bench was weaker than what it ha- has been. Because uh, without any Pierre Emerick Aubameyang on it, uh, and still interesting to see that Mesut Ozil can't even get into a Carabao Cup team. I think his time at Arsenal was done. But yeah, for me, I don't give Arsenal any chance in this. I think Chelsea are absolutely going to destroy them. I, I kind of think this could be closer than it would seem, but I don't expect it to win it. Mm. Uh, other interesting games we have over this uh, match day 15, which is Saturday and Sunday, 26th and 27th. Um, you'd say Wolves-Tottenham on Sunday evening. Looks like it could be a proper good game. Wolves currently sit in 11-4, Spurs are in 6. Spurs haven't had the best of uh, weeks recently with uh, their recent results. Uh, Wolves again themselves have had a little bit of a blip in the Premier League but uh, on paper this has the potential to be one of the better games of this weekend Yeah, I guess so they need the bounce back pretty quickly if they're serious about going for Europe again like they have done Yeah, I mean for me, I think Jose's side I think probably need to win more than Nuno Espirito's. Just to say, right, we're actually we're determined to give a fight. Where I think a a bad result for Wolves uh, obviously is bad and could see them slip a little further down the table to where Arsenal are if 
the team the three teams below them win but i think a, i think there's more pressure on tottenham to say right we are actually challenging for the top four and potentially the league yeah in terms of aspirations the loss would hurt tottenham a lot more but i wouldn't in the case of wolves i wouldn't say defeat would knock them into relegation candidates i think they're way way better than that yeah and obviously the next big game we spoke briefly about was Leeds versus Burnley, uh, 14th versus 16th in the league. Um, I'm so intrigued by this. It's actually one for it's, once where... It's so weird. I this is going to be Mr. Brexit Britain, it's, Sean Dosh, versus the tactical flair of Marcelo Bielsa. The Artinian flair of Marcelo Bielsa. Um we don't even know if Sean Dyche back Brexit or not. <laughs> so harsh. Yeah. Um, so with this one, Leeds uh, a win and obviously Arsenal lose uh, against Chelsea the day before, I think it is. Yeah. Um, would put a bit of breathing space between them and obviously put the Arsenal right in it. But at the same time, a Burnley win and Arsenal loss would put them above Arsenal and bring Arsenal to the close. So it's one of them you're like, I don't know who will want to win this game, just for the banter of Arsenal potentially going down. Well, we know you want Burnley to win, so oh, yeah. you're all about the banter, me. I just worry about my own team. <laughs> uh, my team's too big now to worry about what happens going down, down there. Oh, I mean, it was only a few years back when you, you didn't have any joy, and it was just pure misery. When it was around be... this time of the year, it was the... Three two defeat to Watford when I realised, yep, my club's finished. <laughs> Troy Daly scores uh, near enough the winner towards the end. Mm. Celebrates Chrysler in front of the Hulk's end. Stuff being thrown at him, and I'm just there. Yeah, we're going down. Well, um, it'll be interesting to see uh, the outcome of those few games. And then match day 16, uh, interesting games. We've got Everton versus Man City on Monday the 28th at uh, 8 o'clock. Uh, fourth versus 8th at the time of recording. Um, so winnable for Everton, that one. Yeah, yeah it kind of is. I don't know. Um, and... You know, they seem to turn up against the bigger teams. Yeah. Um, I think if City drop points against Everton, you've got to write them off for any league challenge this season. I feel like they're already written off slightly, but it's on them to try and muster any sort of fight. In yeah. Because, you know, we're saying Man U written it, but they've arguably had just as bad a start in areas. Yeah, it's one of them where United haven't really looked like title challengers, but have shown more of a fight than Manchester City have. Which is so if, weird to say. <laughs> yeah, especially in recent years. It's definitely one of the stranger comments we've made. But uh, looking at Everton, um, they're putting up a good top four fight this season. Um, yes, they had a bit of a blip. Um towards the end of November and the start of this month for, uh, they're looking to have got going again um, I think this one would really put um, I can't think of the saying that I'm looking for but uh, Carlo Ancelotti like as a real top manager there in terms of like what he's trying to achieve and um, I think question marks will surely have to be raised over Pep Guardiola and what's going on at Manchester City uh, elsewhere over match day 16, uh, Brighton take on Arsenal on Tuesday evening. Uh, that's the early game on Tuesday. As we've said before, it's a potential relegation six-pointer even at this early stage of the season for both sides. Um, it's one of them where you think this is one where Arsenal will win and show everyone they're not really as bad as we think they are. But at the yeah. same time, you know, from recent weeks, ex-Arsenal players that have scored against Arsenal, Theo Walcott, who plays, who oh, plays yeah, for Brighton. Yeah. 
that guy Welbs, Danny Welbeck's going to end up scoring the winner, isn't he? I was going, I was like, who did? That's written on the cards, isn't it? Danny Welbeck's going to score the winner. I mean, this man scored against Villa, he can score against anyone. Yeah, he can definitely score against that Arsenal side. Um, does he get the sack? Does Arteta get the sack if he loses both Chelsea and Brighton? Or is he safe for this season, do you think? I don't think he gets sacked if he loses both of them. But I think he gets sacked if he loses the one after as well. But if you're lucky, you don't have no choice at some point. The game after is West Brom uh, in the new year. Oh, you lose that. You, yeah. Yeah, I think he can. I think he has to. I think the, I think... You, you get rid of him before the January transfer. If you're actually going to try and sign it, let's try and change the fortunes a bit. Which would be after the uh, game against Brighton, because that's on the 29th of uh, this month. It's so interesting. But at the same time, though, if they do, they're not going to get a manager within the two to three days, yeah. unless they get yeah. someone in just for the end of the till the end of the season. Yeah. But, but we're, we're in a the way Arsenal handled the Arteta appointment. They don't plan in advance. No. Uh, but it would be so interesting to see the situation they're going in in terms of when that Brighton game starts, either they're going in the highest of confidence after they've got something against Chelsea or lowest they've ever been. Yeah. And for me, I, I just think it's the latter. I know it might seem like uh, a lot of these few last few podcasts I've been taking the mick out of Arsenal and that. And I have been, but... Okay, but we're not alone on that. But, no. What positives um... are there right now to say about that club? Um, the kit collections. Yeah, the kit collection that they released the other week of the '90s one is really nice. Uh, I did get that. I don't deserve to wear those nice kits. Yeah, um, the women's team are doing good. (laughs) You would know that better than me, but yeah. I mean, they are second in the league, and have scored a phenomenal amount of goals. Um, But yeah, in terms of the men's side and on the pitch. Nothing's looking good or promising for Arsenal. And I think if lose to both of these, I think he's got to be on the brink, I think. Um, elsewhere in the Premier League over the match day 16, we have Manchester United Wolves on Tuesday evening at uh, 8 o'clock. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's side have been poor at home this season. Uh, they have the eighth worst record or the twelfth best way of way you want to look at it. Um so their home form has been poor, but admittedly Wolves away from uh the Modern U themselves haven't been the best. Uh they have the thirteenth best away form. So um Man United and Wolves always seems to provide some good element to watch. They always seem to be playing them. It seemed last uh, season and the season before, because uh, of the amount of times they got them in the cup competitions, especially at the latter stages. I don't know. <sighs> I think United win this, then for me, and they get something against Leicester, whether it's a win or a point. I think then we have to say United are well and truly in this title challenge. I think. Yeah. But obviously, again, depend on how well Liverpool do in between that time as well. Yeah. Um, but that game is of... harder to judge until the first fixtures happen, really. Yeah. But... Until after the Boxing Day fixture has mm. happened. Fatigue, injuries, suspensions, you never know. Yeah. Um, and then speaking of Liverpool, they finished off 2020 with a game against Newcastle at St. James's Park, which is the last fixture of 2020 in the Premier League. It's one of them where you'd think Liverpool could easily smash Newcastle for like five or six, but at the same time... This screams Brucey. Lucky job. Mm. Just, just wanted to go on Newcastle because of everything that happened last night. With them and in the defeat to Brentford. 
Yes. Just. They were awful. Mm. I, I just. I don't know what to expect from them, really, because at times under, under Bruce, they've looked decent. Yeah. But you all don't. the times you like, they're bad. You don't know for a. You don't know that for a fact, but I was away for two years. It's mm. the exact same script. It's going through the motions now. They're going to have poor performances until they have no choice but to get rid of him. Yeah, and I think especially after that result against Brentford, it could be the start of the trickling effect of Steve Bruce's time coming towards an end. We're in the stage now where all the pundits are going to come out back him to high heaven. Because the yeah. exact same thing happened with us. Jamie Redknapp last night saying to Newcastle fans, be careful what you wish for. Guess what? We were told the exact same thing. Look at us right now. From mm. most city in six months. Yeah, I mean, I understand where you're coming from that, and I do have a sense of that is on the brink of happening at Newcastle. And I think I don't think it happens till the end of the season. No, I think it's one of them where result bad results now could start affecting them until like March, April time, and then I think they will end up thinking of sacking him, and then it'll be be one of them where they survive season, but Bruce will be gone before then. It'll only get. Not serious, like if they have to sack him during the season, if they end up being like in the bottom three. Yeah. And although, although even then it's debatable. Yeah, because I mean, at the minute they sit in 12th place, like we said, results around them, because they, they are level on points with Crystal Palace and only four points ahead of Arsenal. It's one of them where they could be dragged right down into it. Uh, a relegation scrap and it it would be kind of typical Newcastle in recent years to be dragged into a relegation scrap when we never thought realistically they uh, should be there but um, I don't think there will be no pressure on Bruce after this game I don't think many people would expect them to win against uh, this Liverpool side um, I mean, games between Newcastle and Liverpool have always been very interesting for the neutral. Mm. And I think this one will provide uh, excellent entertainment to round off 2020. Mm. Um, I think it's time to do our predictions. You said, I, 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 feel like we, I actually wanted to talk on both my lot and West Brom, if that's okay. Okay, yeah, we'll talk about the two Midland side, West Midland sides in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like they, were, they were one of the only two we just didn't mention. <laughs> I mean, what? Very, impo- very important two games for those two. Is there anything ever uh, good to talk about West Brom in this day and age? <laughs> hey, even I'm not going to be this harsh on them, but these two games are going to be massive for them. But they shouldn't expect a complete turnaround. This is still quite early in Sam Ardice's run. Yeah. So Boxing Day, they uh, face Liverpool. I'm already questioning if Sam is the one. Yeah, well, there was a lot of talk about it prior to him being appointed. They didn't think, out of the managers that were linked with, Nigel Pearson and Eddie Howe, the other two big names that were mentioned, was Sam Allardyce the best uh, choice? And did he just get their job because he... uh, used to play for West Brom, or was at West Brom for a period of time during his playing career? No, he was basically his record of keeping teams up, wasn't it? Yeah, that's well, the main reason why he was uh, yeah. given the job, because he does well at keeping teams up. Yeah, it was just weird that someone would go for it and expected him to have done um, the massive turnaround in you know three days into his tenure. Yeah, it was never... For me, it was never anything I was expecting him to do straight away. It's going to take four to five games at least to see what he's trying to do at West Brom and 
if there is then a real chance of them staying up this season. Granted, I did get slightly worried before that game, thinking, oh, we could. It's Dallas, obviously, never know what he's like. But, mm. yeah, when you really do look at the bigger picture, it's like, yeah, that's basking a lot of him. Yeah, within that short amount of time and maybe having one to two training sessions, his philosophy straight in is uh, going to be hard to do. I just, just, I just want to go quickly on, on Villa. These next two games are so vital in terms of how great of a season we actually are going to have this season. Um, I think we beat Palace. That's yeah, top seven if we're lucky. Beat Chelsea. Yeah. Then we're aiming a little bit higher. Mm. And I, can't, I wouldn't rule this out against Chelsea. No, I wouldn't. I think it's one of them where definitely there is the chance where Villa could actually win the game and look um, a decent side against Chelsea. Obviously, the obvious absentee from that game will be uh, Russ Barkley because he won't be able to play against his parent club. Yeah. I'll be sad about it, but I'm actually not because we've proven the last two guys were actually okay about him. Yeah, and that's why I think uh, he'll probably come back. Is he? He's fit enough to come back into the weekend's game against Palace. The, is he? The word is he's trained today, and then he probably will feature against Palace. Yeah, apparently he's been be fit for a while. They just didn't risk him. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what kind of performance he does play in the game against Palace, and then the selection uh, Dean Smith makes on. Uh, Monday or Tuesday or even Wednesday against Chelsea. I can't think of what it is. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what kind of effect that has, like the difference in the style of play um, with our, uh, without Ross Barkley. Our away performances have been a lot better than home. Mm, you've got the third best away uh, performance this season and the 14th best home. So definitely... Um, Something to keep an eye out on. Um, it's a weird feeling question, being now. positive about this team in a Christmas period. Yeah, I was going to say being really positive is—is is this the best you felt in a Villa side since the Martin O'Neill days when Villa were roughly around these places, challenging for UEFA Cup and Intertoto Cup positions? No, put some respect on the Intertoto Cup. <laughs> mm. No, I was quite young and I didn't really have the same footballing mind that I, I guess I'd like to think I have now mm. but the only year I've had full happiness was that promotion season Yeah, but you could argue the season before but the power final ruined that for me mm. I mean for me it, it, it's got a, this team has the feeling of uh, if they can finish within the top eight to ten this season I think they can push on a bit more and be there constantly like an Everton side and Villa of the early 2000s and uh, mid 2000s under Martin O'Neill and that you said the early 2000s it definitely wasn't the early 2000s yeah that's why I changed over it wasn't to the David O'Leary days <laughs> or uh, the late Gerard Houllier was he after Martin O'Neill or was he before? He was the one straight after. Well, not uh, straight after, but because we had the caretaker, but... Yeah. yeah. And that was yeah. what could have been. Definitely. Um, but I think if you do finish top 10, I think Grealish stays. See, I wouldn't even be confident of that. No, I think he I feel does. like we would have to get top 8. For him to stay? Yeah. Maybe some sort of European qualification. Is it, how is this new competition work? Well, we've got another season to wait for that anyway. It's another season. Yeah, so don't need to worry about it just yet. We'll get onto that. Uh, I mean, it's a competition made for us, that one. Well, it's just basically what the Intertoto Cup was. Exactly, it's made for us. Mm. But I do think, just talk, thinking about it in brief, it would mean the top eight in the Premier League, eight to ten, so would be in the League Cup. If the League Cup stays, then that would be well, the winners of that. If it wasn't, a top like seven team would go into that. Yeah, 
obviously the top top three automatically qualify for the Champions League. Fourth go through the qualifying process. Fifth get the Europa League. And then isn't it sixth getting if the FA Cup winners are in the Champions League and then seventh place get it if the, yeah, the Carabao usual, Cup winners. The usual procedures that we have on, eh? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Villa are looking for a good season. I think these two results this weekend and on uh, Monday against Chelsea could provo- provide good stead uh, going into the new year for Aston Villa and uh, their foreseeable future. Um, just before we get on to our predictions, there's a bit of news yesterday um, regarding Burnley um, and one of their potential buyers. Uh, so Tuesday, as of Tom recording, as we're doing this on a Wednesday, um, and it was the consortium takeover led by Mohamed Al-Kashkashi and Chris Farno. Um, they had appeared to be close to a 200 million takeover of the Clarets in October, but it was understood there has been no contact between the consortium and the Clarets chairman, Mike Garlick, for the past six weeks. And uh, American firm ALK, ALK Capital still in talks to purchase the club for around the same uh, price. So that is a bit of news on Burnley. Is it a shame for him? Uh, I don't know. I don't know much about them or what the investment no. they were prepared to make. Because you couldn't say they you can't say they're a terribly run club. No, I think it's one of them where they're just they're an okay club and they're not really uh, ever gonna. Uh, what you see is what you get with Burnley, and how they do their investment and expenditure wise is it's never nothing silly. So I don't expect anything to change. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if that other partnership does go through and when it does, uh, what news that brings for Burnley in terms of expenditure-wise. Right, uh, I think it's now predictions time for us. Uh, as we said on the show the other day, we've had we had a good week. Uh, a pair of us spread up to 24 points. Me now on to 39 points for the season. Um, I'll hand this over to you now, lad. Cheers. Obviously, with the European leagues going through the Christmas break this week's predictions, they will be a little bit different. So we have the same six fixtures, three from match day 15 and three from match day 16 of the Premier League. So first one, Leicester, Manchester United. Uh, for me, I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's side nick this 2-1. I've also gone for a 2-1 Manchester United. Okay. Secondly, we have Leeds against Burnley. Um, I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I'm going to go 1-0 Leeds. I have one one. Game three. And the final one of match day fifteen. Wolves and Tottenham. Um for me I don't know what Spurs team are gonna show up. I really don't. The battle of the Portuguese managers, Nuno Espirito Santo versus Jose Mourinho. Is he even gonna be on the bench? Well, yeah. We can have a little speak of that now whilst uh, I think of my prediction. So um, he came out after the defeat to, to Burnley the other night and complained about Lee Mason, how he, he was handling the game. I mean, it was silly. I mean, yeah, he might have... It's his emotions getting the better of him. Yeah. Slightly. Oh, 100%, because you might be disappointed with the referee and how he's refereed the game, but you know you're going to get a fine from the FA and possibly a touchline ban um, for your comments. So there was maybe you could have done a written request to the FA about it and write a complaint, but there's no coming out to the press like he did after that game and then still yet to apologise for his comments in his pre, uh, pre-match conference today. I think he's just going to land him with a big fine. Um, speaking of the game, I'm going to go with a... Spurs 3-2 win. Go for a scoring, I think you'll get 
Med dig. Og med det her Tony Tottenham. Okay. Matchday 16 fixtures. We have Everton and Manchester City. I think Man City win this 3-1. I was originally going with that. But I'm not. I'm going for 1-1. So you, instead of going for a big Man City win, you've gone for a draw now. See, I did have 1-1. I, I, I was thinking 1-1. I don't think Man City win this. Hmm. Then I went, but then I thought, man, if they do three one, but no, I've gone one one. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. What is game five? Southampton and West Ham. Uh, I think this has the billing to be a really good game, you know. Um, and for that reason, I'm going to go with a. Desmond 2-2. I've gone 2 nil for the Saints. Okay. And the final game of our predictions for this collective match days. The Geordies versus the Scousers. Newcastle versus Liverpool. Sorry, do that Geordie accent again. <laughs> Newcastle, man. Why I? Yeah, man, it's from New- I'm from Newcastle. Um, I'm going to go... Three one to Newcastle. Um, to Liverpool. Sorry, three one <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> wow. Three <laughs> one Liverpool. Oh. Oh. You don't give outrageous predictions. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Uh, coming from you, saying Leeds would beat Man United. Hey, listen. Well, here's another one. Four 0 Liverpool. It's not an outrageous prediction. I don't think. I think I think Liverpool um, have the capability of putting four past them. Um, so that's our six games. Uh, we'll obviously talk about them once we've had our uh, review show, which will be after all the fixtures. So New Year's Eve, we'll have a look back at all the Boxing Day uh, games and uh, subsequent. Yes, uh, and all the subsequent games after that, um, so 26th through to the 30th. Um, also on that show, we will pick our team of the year from the Premier League um, and our best and worst moments from the Premier League this season. Um, you, you got pissed at FIFA, the fifth, was it the fifth pro one or the, the, the one from the best awards? It's the exact same thing. Yeah, it was, yeah. But, yeah. Yes, um, that, could <laughs> that could potentially be the up there. Um, before we get onto your uh, segment of Did You See That, um, the bit of news earlier on that um, Kieran Trippier has been banned from all footballing activities for 10 weeks and fined 50,000, I think it was, after being found guilty of... Um, betting uh, regards to his transfer to Atletico Madrid from Tottenham Hotspurs. It's amazing that this came out in October, yet it feels like years ago. Yeah. I mean, 2020. <laughs> that, was, that is 2020 in a nutshell. Um, so he will be banned until football until the 28th of February and will miss the first leg of their last 16 tie with Chelsea. Um it was £70,000 that he's been fined. Um, it's a bit surprising how short his ban was compared to uh, Daniel Storages, who was uh, banned for six months for uh, similar incidents. It was one betting more than the other. Oh, Is that no how he's come down? <laughs> Must be. Uh, right, I'll hand over to you now for the Did You See That segment. Something weird is going on. Shit! Did you see that? May I only be present for Christmas. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
it's not going to be the best year, is it? No. Yeah, well, so, for this week's Did You See That, I have two things. I have one small story that came out, I believe it was yesterday, from, from time of recording this on the Wednesday, it would have happened on Tuesday. And I want to take a look in also on the Barcelona presidential candidates. Mm-hmm. So, but first to start with the mass brawl that took place in an under-17s match in Brazil. Have you seen any videos of this? Was it the one substitute that comes uh, onto the pitch and karate kicks the other player? It is exactly that one. It is. I, di- I did see this yesterday, actually. <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> mm. Yes, um, someone I follow who... Um, covers the Brazilian leagues, uh, tweeted it out, and I uh, came with the comment of, the new Karate Kid looks amazing. (laughs) What is that in in Portuguese? (laughs) Uh, I'd love to know. uh, Literally, there's a foul happen on the pitch, and so what for the suspect comes in, Eric Cantona, (laughs) kick. It was two substitutes that come onto the pitch. I mean, the first one connects with the player's face, and then the second player comes on and continues kicking him whilst he's yeah, on the floor after being kicked in the face. Giving him a right. The thing is, the first the player that kicks the one in the face goes on and follows through and kicks another player who goes flying backwards by a few steps. Like. It really is incredible. Like he's got that much momentum. He's kicked two players at once, one in the face and then one in the chest region. Man's turned to kill Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely phenomenal. Right, uh, what's the other bit of stuff have you got for us? Right. So this week I've been seeing some of the unbelievably outrageous stuff coming out from the mouths of candidates. With the Barcelona presidential election, but well, you get track on this oh. uh, a tiny bit, yes. Tiny bit. The election is next month. Mm-hmm. What else? So uh, I'm just going to go through some of the claims of four of the at least ten candidates. There's way more, but yeah. so Vital Font has been one of the more talked about names. He obviously wants Xavi. In as manager. Okay, that, yeah, that's been a lot of talk about getting Chevy in as manager, even post um, Kike Setien. I nearly forgot his name for a second. There's a few other controversial things with that book as well. He wants Neymar in or something like that. Mm-hmm. Here is one that I've seen. To, I hope you say that. I probably said it wrong in terms of Spanish, but Joan Laporte. This man wants to sign a world-class player for his team in Germany, that is. It's going to change their lineup forever. Mustafi? This man wants Hector Bellerin. He wants, so he wants to be giving away foul throws at least ten times a game? <laughs> this man wants Hector Bellerin as a top priority signing. Nope. That's but, stupid. Is it as stupid as this is? This guy is also a shithouse master. Why? Because he recently unveiled an electoral poster of himself. And do you want to know where it's located? Outside the Bernabeu? 200 metres away from it. <laughs> that is top class shithousery. If we had an award for shithousery, he would definitely get one. Oh, one kick. That is class. I mean, if we ignore the banner and still sign that man immediately. Yeah, yeah. I was oh. going to allow him to sign off uh, a deal to bring in Hector Bellerin because... Wait, you think this book's hilarious? Get a load of Jody Farah, I believe. Is that the name? This man has talked about signing Marcus Rashford and Neymar. What an incredible front three that would be. Neymar, Messi, Rashford. You have the icon. Marcus Rashford. <laughs> I was going to get somewhere then, and you didn't even <laughs> let me have that. <laughs> Go on, I'll let you continue then. 
Well, no, because it's gone now. When you've <laughs> you've just <laughs> this, this is your introduction. So, so what did oh, what's the title? What did the chicken cross the road? Just no, never guess that he goes to the other side, did he? <laughs> uh, I can't even think of you know when like. Neymar, Messi, and uh, Neymar, Messi, and Suarez together. They had MSN. Ronaldo, Benzema, and uh, Bale had BBC. What would they be? MMR, RMM, RMN, NMR, NMM. Rashford's not technically a middle striker, is he? He's a winger. Yeah. But, He's Messi's replacement. <laughs> <laughs> no, they'd obviously. Would that mean? Okay, I'm not saying they will sign him, but I'm not done with this bloke, by the way. Yeah, but I just want to talk about that. If they did sign Neymar and Rashford, I'm not saying it's going to ever happen in a million years because it won't do. Does that spell the end for Griezmann at Barcelona? Then, do you think? Do you think he'd be involved in a deal with Rashford or Neymar? I'll ask this to you. If they offer Griezmann as a swap for Rashford, as well as money, do you nope. take it? No. Nope. That's what I thought, yeah. It doesn't seem like a fair... That feels like a Man U doing a Barca-like deal. Yeah. But it doesn't benefit Man United in any way. No. But keeping on with this bloke, Jody Fair, because he has offered to do something if he gets the presidential election. Become manager? This man will offer free pizzas and tattoos to everyone at the club. Free pizzas and tattoos? Yep. Where do they find these people? <laughs> I mean, p- free pizzas, yeah, I'm not going to complain about. I mean, free food at any football ground, you're not going to complain about. Though pizza and Catalonia, not really something I would combine the two together, but whatever. But free tattoos, what? What's, I, I don't understand that at all. <laughs> it's one of just Messi's face on <laughs> Oh, a sign that says uh, Messi is better than Ronaldo or... Um, what did you well, say his name? That's a lot of words. <laughs> yeah. Jody for life. Jody for... Jody for praise or Oh, that would, uh, that would be awful. We, we, we've had a laugh because now we have to go to controversial because one of them has come out in recent hours with something outrageous. Recently, we've obviously seen that the San Siro is going to get knocked down. Yes, in the future, though. That's stadium, such a shame. A stadium of glorious history. Just iconic. And if you know, Ronald, Barcelona are in the midst of constructing a roof the new yep. camp and adding in another 10,000 seats is it some of that uh, yeah they're hoping to expand it to 100,000 I've seen the plans for it like, in person it's, it's quite impressive it, it looks mental yeah but Mr. Agusti Benedita great pronunciation has, there see uh, grand Spanish <laughs> he has a different plan because this man wants to knock down the new camp and build a new 100 million euro stadium in its place. Yeah, he's not getting elected. Stout Raiders. <laughs> I mean, where would they play whilst that construction's getting done? Because it's going to take at least three, four years, like we did with the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which cost roughly the same. From what I've read, they would play in the, what is the Olympic Stadium in Barcelona for three years while that was happening. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah, it seems a bit... It's not gone down well. <laughs> yeah, it's one of them where it would make more sense to knock down the Olympic Stadium and then build it there and move Barcelona there and get rid of the new camp and then mm. move Barcelona there whilst... Just, it's, the it, camp it's, it's seen like the 3D models of how this new stadium, the new look, look of the new camp's going to be. I want that new look. Mm. Yeah, I've just remembered as well, I think it was very sort of fun. Isn't he the one who said he was going to rename like, La Masia? Uh, and yes. the, give, give it the, the motto, you'll never walk alone. Or yeah, I did see that the other week. Oh, brilliant. That, that, that game is Liverpool has ruined them. Liverpool just live rent-free in Barcelona's heads now. 
absolutely rent for it. Are they, are they going to call all the car the Divacarie get rid? Of? <laughs> uh, wouldn't oh, just the top bit is going to say call attack quickly. <laughs> Arigi. Uh, uh, right. But, yeah, that's all I have on that. Okay, and as this is going out on Christmas Eve, here's a nice poem for you to end that I came up with during the early hours of this morning. I'm so, expecting lyrical masterpiece. Man, it's not bad. Would you say it's a cat bad. then? Yeah. <laughs> I turned into a scouse cat. Yeah. <laughs> You've got me laughing now. I can't think of it straightly. I'm just shit already. <laughs> Twas the night before Christmas in the Premier League. Liverpool were once again on top of the tree, with rivals Manchester United sitting in three. Chelsea and Man City are underperforming, while Son and Kane have been free scoring. Arteta and Arsenal are continuing to struggle, whilst Chris Wilder has had his Premier League fumble ball popped, while Slaven Bilic was the first manager to get chopped. And that is a quick summary of this season. A quick summary. I think your, your delivery could have been slower then. You would have had more impacts than you. <laughs> I was trying to get it through it quicker because you I got to read I gonna... for this like a CBB's bedtime story. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but gotta... I was gonna, I was gonna continue laughing at you. You saying I sounded like a scouse cat then? Is that Tom Hardy? You or not? <laughs> Thanks. Um. Yeah, if you don't need a Cockney accent, I might have praised you, <laughs> but that oh, is incredible. This is a, considering it took me like five minutes to come up with them, right? I say uh, I think I did a good job to do a quick summary on this Premier League season. Because I don't ask me to do it, Tom Hardy. <laughs> nah, good. I was going to. Um, right, that is Sounds our last pod. <laughs> Right, uh, that is our second last podcast of 2020, our last one before Christmas. So wherever you are listening, we hope you have whatever second last also works. It has the same meaning. Uh, wherever you're listening to, we hope you have a yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, you have a great Christmas, whatever you're doing. And obviously, make sure you're staying safe. Uh, enjoy the football period. Enjoy the football period. We'll be back next week to round up our, all the 20 games that we have in the Premier League over the next five days. And look, we have a look back on 2020 on a whole in what was a definite strange year. Until then, it's Merry Christmas and goodbye from me. And, sure, enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, goodbye from Brad. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>